0: Hello and welcome to The Quiz Kids from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors.
1: Listen to it, (laughs) fizz. Alka-Seltzer for headache. Alka-Seltzer for acid indigestion. Alka-Seltzer for cold discomfort. Alka-Seltzer presents The Quiz Kids. And children here's today's first question.
2: Listen carefully. The name of what fish spelled backwards is the name of a famous general.
1: Yes, there's the number 1 puzzler on today's list of brain teasers. See what you folks at home can do with it while the youngsters here in our classroom of the air get ready for roll call. And here they are, the quiz kids and the chief quizzer himself, old Grandpa Kelly. Yes, uh... The Kellys have just experienced the thrill of welcoming their first grandchild. Congratulations, Joe!
2: Thank you, Bob Murphy, and thanks to all of you folks from all of the Kellys. Sure, and just mighty proud we are of the little Spalpeen. Yes. It's a boy, Joseph III. He wanted to come to school with me this afternoon, but his mother decided against it. (laughs) Well, now, quiz kids, it's time to get busy on these questions. Let's see. Present in class this afternoon, we have Patrick.
3: I'm Patrick Oncommon. I'm 11 years old and 7B at the Fort Dearborn School.
2: David?
4: I'm David Poska. I'm 11 years old and 1B at the Farragut High School, Chicago. Joel? I'm Joel Kupperman. I'm 12 years old and 8th grade in both of school. Lonnie? I'm Lonnie Lundy. I'm 12 years old and in 8th grade at Lincoln School in Park Ridge, Illinois.
2: Sorry to report that little Melvin Miles is homesick this afternoon. Nothing serious, however, and we hope he will be back to take his regular place in class next week. Pinch hitting for Melvin is another one of our fine youngsters in the junior department, Pat's little sister, Sheila.
3: I'm Sheila Clarke and I'm 8 years old and 3rd grade at the Fort Dewborn School.
2: All right, fine, kids. Now, can you answer your first question from Arthur Kaler of Brooklyn, New York? The name of what fish, spelled backwards, is the name of a famous general? We have two hands up, and Patrick's hand was first.
3: Well, I think that would be eel, e e l, because that's Lee, General Lee.
2: That's the right. Of the Confederate Absolutely Force. right, water. Patrick. General Robert E. Lee, and I can mark you 100% uh, correct on that one. And for sending in that question, Alka-Seltzer sends Arthur Kaler of Brooklyn, New York, a fine Zenith transoceanic shortwave portable radio. Now, that's always Alka-Seltzer's reward when the quiz kids answer your question correctly. If they miss, Alka-Seltzer sends you a big Zenith radio phonograph combination with the new Cobra tone arm, two FM bands, the whole works. And this set is a real beauty. So try your hand at stumping these youngsters. Send your questions to Quiz Kids Chicago. Now, here is an opera question from Helen Parsons of Dallas, Texas. I will read you a line from an opera, and you are to give me the same line in the language in which the opera was originally written. Here's the first one. Like a wild bird so freely winging. Patrick.
3: Well, that was uh, in, in Italian. And that was in uh, the opera Carmen. Yes. And that goes. Um... Mm-hmm. Oh. Was all couture de coeur, es a friend, la tielle et le lot. Well now, uh, singing that, wasn't so well. Is
2: that Italian? It's uh. Is I'd... that Italian? Patrick? It's French. It's French. French, that's what it is, yes, huh? I thought I recognized it. <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say, Lonnie? Well, I
0: was going to say that it was French.
2: Uh-huh, all oh, fine. Well, we just have to we keep uh, on everybody's tail around here. Now, try this one here. Carved upon my inmost heart. Sheila, did you have your hand up, on it? Lonnie?
5: Well,
0: that's from Rigoletto, and yes. that's an Italian, but I couldn't say
2: it. Well, let's see. We have uh, another hand up. Uh, Patrick?
3: Well, that's Carano oh, me cal neocor, Fasta primo palpitar, Lolaniza del amor, Ni decembre
2: Now here's a question, a music question from Sylvia Newland of Hutchinson, Kansas. Our organist, uh, Howard Peterson, will play part of a popular song whose title suggests a nice present for someone. Now you children are to identify the song and give the title of another song which uh, suggests who might like the gift. Now here's the first. One. All right, kids. Now, what is the name of that selection? Let's have it once more, uh, Howard. All right, Lonnie.
0: That's my shawl. And uh, almost any girl would like that, so... That'd be you can take almost any one with a girl's name in it like well, uh, Margie or Margie, huh? Sweet Lorraine or Eileen or Fine, Dina fine. Or any of them.
2: All right, that's just dandy. Now, how about this next one, Howard? Patrick.
3: Well, uh, that would be Margie or Peggy O'Neill or Rosie O'Grady or uh, my darling Clementine.
2: Well, what's or, the name of it?
3: That is Golden Earrings.
2: Golden Earrings. uh uh-huh, that's right. Now, uh, Robert H. Holmes of Battle Creek, Michigan reminds us that there are many something-of-the-month clubs going on these days. There's the Book of the Month Club, the Candy of the Month Club, Fruit of the Month Club, and now there's a Gadget of the Month Club. And this idea appeals to Mr. Holmes, and he wants you quiz kids to suggest some gadget ideas that might be useful to the Gadget of the Month Club. All right, David. You start it off.
0: Well, um, I uh, should. Um, should I describe the?
2: Uh, oh yes, tell, our, tell us about well, it. Well,
0: uh, it's an onion cutter. You uh, put the onions on sort of a spindle in the top, yeah. and they rotate, and knives peel off the coats. And then the onions are brought down to a uh, uh, a adjustable cutter where you can cut them to any different shapes or sizes, dicing them or minced or. Uh, cutting them into, uh, sheets.
2: Well, that's almost a uh, breathtaking, uh, invention, uh, David. That's, uh, is that something that you just thought up? Have you seen one of those, or?
0: No, I thought it up myself to keep the housewife from weeping over the onions. Oh, <laughs> yeah. All
2: right. And, uh, Lonnie?
0: Well, I've, had a little trouble when I'm composing. I, I find that when I uh, play the, some new music that I'm composing, I, it's kind of hard to get it down on paper. So I'd like to invent a sort of attachment to the piano so when you hit a note, it'd automatically type it on this attachment. And so once you play the music, you've got it written down.
2: Well, that's uh, sort of a piano typewriter combination. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sheila?
3: I have trouble getting my bicycle up out of the basement, and if there's a long arm, just reach down the basement, and I lock my bike and carry the bike up with me on it and put it on the sidewalk. Somewhere. Well,
2: I'll say, there is something.
5: <clears>
2: That's uh, Now, that, uh, that sounds very good. And, uh, Joe, how about you? Well,
4: I'd like a gadget to do my homework, but I guess that isn't uh, possible. So I, uh, shine my family's shoes every Sunday morning, so I'd like an automatic shoes shiner with the whole works. Oh, yeah. fine.
2: Uh-huh. And, Patrick?
3: Well, I'd like to have a robot that I could set it uh, at night, and that, uh, in the morning it would pick me up, brush my teeth, wash my face and hands, set me down oh. at the breakfast table, uh, get my books in order, and not wake me up until I, uh, until I was sitting at the, uh, breakfast table.
2: Well, that would be quite a gadget, Patrick, yes, sir. And now, children,
1: we'll consider this next question after we hear from Bob Murphy. You've heard me say, friends, that it's mighty smart to keep an extra package of Alka-Seltzer where you work as well as at home. And if you've ever tried to struggle through the day after a too-hurried lunch or too much lunch has given you acid indigestion... You know what I mean. Yes, acid indigestion can interfere with your efficiency on the job and make you feel really miserable, too. But say, with Alka-Seltzer handy, you can be back on the sunny side of life in almost no time. Alka-Seltzer is so fast-acting, so easy and pleasant to take. And the way it helps to relieve that upset, jittery feeling in the stomach, the way it acts to reduce gastric hyperacidity in such a hurry, well, it's no wonder so many thousands say there's nothing quite like Alka-Seltzer. Yes, when acid indigestion makes you miserable, remember to be wise and alkalize with Alka-Seltzer. All drugstores carry Alka-Seltzer, and don't forget that extra package in the shop can help a fellow feel tip-top. Well,
2: let's see what's coming up next. So here's a question from Herbert Wilder, Portland, Oregon. In the 50 years since the Curies discovered radium, how much of the element has been isolated? Would you say the total amount of uh, of isolated radium in the world today is six pounds, 600 pounds, six tons, or 6,000 tons? What would you say? David? Well,
0: I'd say six pounds
2: six pounds is absolutely right, huh? Say, tell me something, David. Why, why has there been so little isolated?
0: Well, because there's so little of it in so much of the ore it's found, which is pitch blend, and it's so hard to
3: extract.
2: That's right. Uh, there's still radium in the world. that exists in its natural state, uh, uh, like you say, in uh, pitch blend, but it takes tons of pitch blend to get just a few grams of radium. Mrs. Dunlar Rose of Evansville, Indiana, points out that no matter how hard one tries not to become angry, people do now and then. But she says she knows of some people in children's stories that became very, very angry, and you kids are to tell why. All right? What made Rumpelstiltskin angry when he visited the princess the last time? Lonnie?
0: Well, Rumpelstiltskin was made to... uh, Did you say when he saw the prince... For the last time. When he time. visited the princess. Well, that's because last... Rumpelstiltskin had had to, In order to save her baby from going to Rumpelstiltskin, he, she had to guess the dwarf's name, and she guessed it right, and that made Rumpelstiltskin angry because he couldn't have the princess.
2: That's right, yes. Uh, he was mad at an old white hen, wasn't he? Yes, hmm? Now, why was the wolf angry when he found out what was inside the churn? Sheila.
3: Because when he because he he could have caught the pig when he if he did if he knew it was in there and he got scared and he wanted to catch the pig all the time and then the pig got him away from him that time.
2: That's right. The pig had rolled home from the fair in the churn. <laughs> and the wolf, he didn't like that. Now what made Dorothy angry when she threw water on the wicked witch? Path?
3: Well, uh, what made her angry was that uh she, uh, the witch had already taken uh, one of her uh, magic shoes, yes. and she was going to take the other magic shoe. Mm-hmm. And Dorothy, uh, Dorothy liked her magic shoes, and she got so mad that she took a pan of water and threw it on the witch.
2: That's right. What happened to the witch?
3: Well, she uh, turned into uh, a lump of dust.
2: That's right. Uh-huh. Yeah, she just melted right away. Now, I'm going to ask Howard Peterson, our organist, to help us again with this music question from Maxine Lewis of Colorado Springs, Colorado. This time, Howard will play songs that suggest a kind of fish, and you children are to tell if the kind suggested would be good to eat. Now, here's number one. Lonnie? But
0: stardust and starfish is not especially good
2: to eat. That's right. They are not edible. No, sir. All right, Howard, let's uh, uh, fish again. (laughs) Patrick.
3: That's the sun in the morning and the moon at night.
2: No. Oh, yes, you're Kinda,
3: right. that that'll be a sunfish. And uh, I don't think sunfish are good to eat either.
2: Uh, what? Did you say sunfish are not good to eat?
3: Oh, yeah,
0: they are.
2: Yes, I should say so. Lonnie?
0: Well, uh, sunfish, are, I think, are good to eat, but they're so small that it's not much use eating them, I think.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Joan?
4: Sunfish are some of the largest uh, fish. So uh, there's lots of them and they taste good. So. Oh, I don't know. I'm just thinking of something else. Well, uh, they, maybe shaped, you were, Lonnie. Uh, um, they're not like most fish that are sort of like strings. They're sort of like shaped like big balls. And well,
2: they're real uh, big. the sunfish that I uh, am thinking about is a sort of a pen uh, fish. Isn't that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why. Mm hmm. Now, here's a fantastic question if I ever heard one, kids. It's from Beulah Bowman from North Hollywood, California. You quiz kids are to follow the description I'm going to read and then end up with the full name of a movie star. Now, you must try and get two out of three on this one. Listen carefully. A great queen minus the great plus a jitterbug minus the feline plus a result of a fire. What movie star? The name, the full name of a movie star, Pat.
3: that will be Catherine Hepburn. Catherine
2: Hepburn, that is absolutely right. Uh-huh. Now, see if you can get this next one. The opposite of out plus a football field minus a kind of metal and a solid body in the north minus frozen water plus the male of the species. Pat?
3: That'd be Ingrid
2: Bergman. Ingrid Bergman is right. Uh Uh-huh. Now, see if you can get this third one. A tonsorialist plus A and an upright position minus D plus part of an old-fashioned lamp. What movie star? Lonnie? Could you repeat
0: the question? Sure.
2: A, A tonsorialist plus A... And an upright position, minus D, plus part of an old-fashioned lamp. A movie star. The full name of a movie star. Lonnie?
0: Barbara Stanwick. Barbara
2: Stanwyck is right. Um... By the way, here's some baseball information we know that uh, you're all waiting to hear. The American League pennant race has just ended in a tie between the Cleveland Indians and the Boston Red Sox. That means a playoff will be necessary to select the team to meet the Boston Braves in the World Series. The Red Sox moved up into a tie with the Indians by beating New York 10-5 to while Cleveland was losing to Detroit 7-1. to Oh, say, here, here's a question that will give you quiz kids a chance to get even with your old chief quizzer, Kelly. You remember last week I asked the question to what college might a father send his son if the name of the college suggested the father's business, such as uh, a locksmith might send his son to Yale. You remember that? Well, anyway, I threw in a third part of my own. What college would be the, uh, the would the son of a highway builder attend? And uh, the answer was to. Lane. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cute. Now, uh, Louis Martin, who didn't think it was very cute of New Orleans, wants you children to make up similar parts of the question and try them on me. Now, you try to think up some, and in the meantime, here's
1: Bob Murphy. Yes, while your pupils are thinking that one over, Joe, I'd like to pose this question for my class. What brings on the discomfort of a headache?
2: Well, i found that bad
0: ventilation can cause my head to feel dull and achy, Mr. Murphy. I work in a store, and sometimes when the crowd's big, the air gets stuffy, and, well, often by the time the day's over, my head is splitting.
1: My boss can give me a headache, Mr. Murphy. Hey, now, wait a minute. Sure he can. When he comes in with a million things on his mind and wants them all carried out at once, I get tense and nervous trying to keep up with him. And I often wind up the day with my head throbbing. And my wife can give me a headache, too. Uh, Maybe we should skip that kind of a headache. No, um, no, here's what I mean. On those days when the little woman decides that the garage has to be cleaned out or the yard has to be raked and the leaves burned or the basement needs a good going over. I
4: know. You sometimes have a headache from just plain old fatigue.
1: You bet I do. Well, there we have some of the things that cause headache pain. Now, what about relief? There's There's nothing nothing quite quite like
5: like Alka-Seltzer.
1: Yes, that's what thousands say, friends. And you can prove this statement to your own satisfaction next time you have a headache you'll be amazed how soon Alka-Seltzer makes you feel better. So remember, when headache causes grief, misery can be brief. Take Alka-Seltzer for relief. Well, kids, have you
2: thought up any extra parts on that college question to try on the old chief quizzer? I guess you have. Have four hands up. David?
0: Uh, the uh, son of a nobleman.
2: Let's see, the son of a nobleman. Um. uh, would it be, uh, Oxford?
0: No, it would be Duke.
2: Duke. Oh. <laughs> oh, you really got me on that one, didn't you, huh? And Lonnie?
0: Well, I'd like two answers on this one.
2: Oh, no, um, I can't even give one. All right, go ahead. The son
0: of a member of, of the royal family.
2: The son of a member of the royal family. Uh, could I use Duke? No. I can't, huh? All right. Um...
0: Well, all right, you can use Duke, but then I'd like three answers. Oh,
2: no. I refuse to use Duke. No, sir. Uh, uh, you're going to have to tell me that one, Lonnie. Well, it could be
0: either Princeton or Kings Point.
2: Well, how do you like that? (laughs) I know both of them well, too. I, uh, Joel?
4: Well, the conductor of a Los Angeles sightseeing tour.
2: Uh... Sightseeing tour. Yeah. UCLA?
4: That's right. UCLA? How do you like that? I got one! Oh.
2: Open up the door so I can throw my chest out. What do you know about that? Uh, Patrick?
3: Well, a writer.
2: A writer? A writer. A writer? Yes. Any kind of a writer?
3: Any kind of a writer.
2: A writer. Pennsylvania? That's right. Oh, no, no.
3: And uh, uh, the son of a peach grower.
2: The son of a peach grower. Let's see. Um, Oh, uh, dear. I give up on that one. A pit. Peach pit. I get it. I get it. Well, those are all good. Well, that was that was a lot of fun. It certainly was. Now, here we go with more questions. Uh, Mrs. Mary Dayton of Oakland, California, has worked out a clever question that combines history, science, and poetry. The atomic numbers of the following elements should remind you, children, of lines of poetry, <clears throat> and a little knowledge of history will come in handy. The first line of what poem is suggested by the atomic numbers of silicon and uranium? Patrick.
3: Well, uh, the atomic number of uranium is um, 92.
2: 92 is right. And uh,
3: silicon is number
2: 14. 14,
3: so... 1492, and that would be Columbus. Yes,
2: and... And a poem poem about Columbus. uh, The
3: poem, Lonnie. Oh, there's one by
0: Joaquin Miller. Uh, Behind him lay the gray azores, behind the gates of Hercules before him... I don't know, but that's the first line.
2: Well, the poem that uh, uh, Mrs. Dayton had in mind uh, mentions the, uh, well, the dates. In
0: 1492, Columbus sailed
2: the ocean. That's Google. the one. That's the idea. Uh-huh. Now, in the first stanza of this poem, the atomic number of argon suggests a day of the month, and the atomic number of rhenium suggests the year. So, Patrick?
3: Well, argon is uh, number 18. Right. And uh, what was the other one? Rhenium. Rhenium
2: uh-huh.
3: is number uh, 73, I think. Oh. No. Wait, it's uh 75.
2: 75 is right. So it'll be uh ni- 18. 18. 75. 75. And the poem? The 18th day
3: is 75. Oh, uh, the 18th of April, so that'll be uh, Paul Revere's ride Well, how's it going? Well, uh, listen, my children, and you shall hear of the midnight ride of Paul Revere It was the 18th of April in 75 Hardly a man is now alive that remembers that famous day and year
2: That's very, very good, Patrick, very good Well, let's, uh, let's try this question from Minnie Mae Harper of San Diego, California. Can you rearrange the letters in the following words so they spell out the name of a game? This ought to be a lot of fun, too. Try to get two out of three parts. Oh, no, dimes. What game? Rearrange the letters. Oh, no, dimes. No coaching from the audience, please. It's an old game. Lonnie? Dominoes. Dominoes. That's it. Uh-huh. And uh, see about the next one here. On my polo. What game? Joel? Uh, football? No, no. Ooh. Patrick? It'll be Monopoly. Monopoly. That's right. huh. And uh, the third part, mild ado. Mild ado. What game? Mild A-D-O. Mild ado. What game? Of course you've given me two out of three. I'd like to see you kids get the third one, but... you give up? You sure? Old maid. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah. All right.
2: Mrs. Dora Barnes-Turner, who lives in Birmingham, Alabama, says that last summer she chose one of the following places to spend her vacation. The Black Hills, the Green Mountains, the Redwoods, and the Bluegrass Country. She finally went to a place that was nearest her home. Where did she go? Joe,
4: could you repeat the question?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm afraid I'm after well, maybe not. Uh, all right, she chose one of the following places to spend her vacation and she lives in Birmingham, Alabama. The Black Hills, the Green Mountains, the Redwoods, and the Bluegrass Country. So she finally went to the place that was nearest her home. Where did she go? Joe,
4: the bluegrass country, because that's Kentucky.
2: And Kentucky is nearer to, to Alabama, Alabama than the than other the spot. That's right, huh? Ray B. Merriam of Olean, New York, thinks that popular novels by the following authors uh, suggest baseball teams. So suppose these men were baseball managers. What teams would they select? James Fenimore Cooper. Lonnie.
0: Well, the spy, that could be the coach who looks at the... Other teams try to tries to steal the signals from other teams. Yeah,
2: that's all right. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And Joel.
4: Well, all his books were about Indians, so he'd
2: coach the, Cle- the Indians, uh-huh. or maybe even the Boston Braves. Yeah, the Boston Braves, sure. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And how about Robert Louis Stevenson? Ooh.
3: Patrick. Uh, <laughs> uh, that would be Treasure Island, the Pittsburgh Pirates.
2: Pittsburgh Pirates, the Pittsburgh Pirates right? Pirates are in that. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And Mark Twain. Mark Twain. Lonnie?
0: Well, he would be the manager of the Phillies, Eddie Sawyer, and the, uh, Mark Twain wrote a book, Tom Sawyer, The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, so you could make him the manager of the Phillies in well, place of Eddie Sawyer.
2: Yes, that's true, and uh, of course, uh, uh, Joel?
4: Well, he wrote a Connecticut. A Yankee in King Arthur's court, so he'd manage
2: the Yankees. The New York Yankees, uh uh-huh. And Lonnie?
4: He also wrote life on the Mississippi, and the only
0: city on the Mississippi is St. Louis, so he could manage either the Browns or the
2: Cardinals. That's right, uh uh-huh. Now, here's a discussion question from Margaret Russell of St. Louis, Missouri, and she would like to know what subjects you might like to have taught in school that you do not have now. Pat?
3: Well, they might have uh, uh, an executive course. For people who would like to go into the political business, politics.
2: All right, fine. And Joel.
4: They uh, should have a sort of debate course for people who would like to be politicians, as Pat said, or lawyers. Mm-hmm. And Sheila. Palms and school down
3: the second floor and first floor.
2: Uh Uh-huh. Well, now, those were all very good. Well, anyway, children, we'll fire this next question right at the judges who won today's Battle of Brains. We'll give the judges a minute with paper and pencil. And while we're waiting, here's
1: an important message about one-a-day brand vitamin. Don't take chances. Are you sure you are getting all the essential vitamins you need from the food you eat? Remember this. Government surveys show that the meals of three out of four persons are short on vitamins. Don't take chances. Instead, take one-a-day brand multiple vitamins. Lack of vitamins in your food can cause you to feel under par and run down. So take one-a-day brand multiple vitamins. Sixty capsules, two months supply, only $2 at any drugstore. Potency guaranteed by Miles Laboratories. Lack of vitamins in your food can keep you from feeling your best and looking your best. You can't afford to take chances. Take one-a-day brand multiple vitamin capsules. Well, here's the verdict you've been waiting to hear, Quiz Kids. Remember,
2: though, whether you win or lose, Alka-Seltzer will give each of you a $100 security bond to help you with your future education. Now then, according to our present system of scoring, which takes into consideration your age as well as the number of correct answers you give, the judges say that as a class, you, you didn't miss any questions at all. Pat was first, Lonnie second, and Joel third. So we'll see you three back at your desks next week. And you'll be here to compete with Melvin Miles, age 5, and Rennie Templeton, age 13. We hope all you folks listening will plan to be with us, too, next week. And until next Sunday, this is Joe Kelly dismissing the quiz kids. Goodbye, kids. Goodbye, Bye, Mr. Bye,
5: Kelly. Kelly.
1: to the quiz kids every week and listen to Alcus seltzers News of the World every Monday through Friday on most of these NBC stations. This is Bob Murphy speaking.